I've really enjoyed my time here in Santa Barbara. Um, it's been nice to meet with uh, a number of people over the mealtime offerings and get to know some of you a little bit better. Some of you I know for quite a long time. And uh, to share a little bit about what's been happening, what's current in your lives and in your practice. I wanted to talk tonight about the experience of surrendering to love, which has been a huge part of my own personal journey. What I realize is, is, is that after now 30 years of meditation practice, you know, there's... Um, quite a, a baseline of assumptions that I go into this topic with. And, you know, I feel really blessed to have had uh, access to the Buddha's teachings, which is very clear and descriptive. And, um, you know, one of the blessings of the Buddha's teachings is the clarity of the path. You know, so when I'm talking about um, something like surrendering to love, I'm speaking with years of appreciation and training in sila, samadhi, and panya, of you know a, a level of integrity that is oriented around keeping the precepts. And I realize as I go to different meditation groups and even spend time with different meditation teachers, it's not always common ground that everybody is keeping the five precepts. You know, the precept not to kill or take life, the precept not to steal, the, the precept to refrain from sexual misconduct, you know, the precept to uh, refrain from speech which is deceitful or slanderous or harsh or divisive. You know, the precept which is around sobriety, not engaging in recreational drugs or alcohol. You know, things that cause confusion to the mind. And so now, having been living as a monastic in a monastery situation for a few decades, you know, this is like so much part of what I do, I don't even think about it. You know, so I'm coming from an assumption that this is common ground. And I realize in, in, the, in, the, in the Buddhist world, I can't make that assumption. You know, there are all kinds of teachers who have all kinds of different ideas about what is okay. Or they're not even, the five precepts is not even assumed as kind of baseline behavior. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm on a different planet, you know. And sila then gives rise to the ability for the mind to be collected and to know things and what's happening and to be able to drop the stories and the enormous sense of regret that can be activated from not keeping the precepts so that one can be still and clear and see things, what's happening. You know, so sila gives rise to samadhi and the samadhi, the concentration, 
And it gives rise for being able to see clearly and see the interconnection between cause and effect, to see the insubstantial nature of what's arising, to see that it, it doesn't exist to a permanent human being, person. It is a, a constant flow, a changing flow. It's in flux. And so this pattern of, of sila, samadhi, and panya is a, a tremendously detailed outline that sets the stage for a topic like surrendering into love, which for me has been like the predominant theme for the last 15 years. Yeah? But it comes with a basis. It's not coming out of nothing. It's coming out of a huge context that is underneath it. And is around it. So, I don't know when it was, I guess it was the year 2000, and and, uh, it's a tremendous insight, you know, that we talk a lot about emptiness, about emptiness as being the kind of inherent nature of things, that things don't have any substantial nature. And in my own experience, I was trying to figure out, well, what is the difference between that and love? And I came to the recognition or the realization that love is emptiness made warm. It's the same thing, but it comes from a warmth, an interest, a a, a willingness to be close in proximity with what's arising. And in the same way, awareness is a kind of a cool observation of what's happening. And love is the inclusive and warmth embracing of what's happening. They're two sides of the same thing. And so when I, in my own journey, have been through many different explorations about what is my path and how does it unfold and what do I need to work with, And certainly, coming from the tradition that I have and having had Ajahn Sumedho as a teacher for decades, where his whole practice is about resting in awareness, resting in awareness, resting in awareness. And Deepama, who says that mindfulness and love are two sides of the same thing, and thinking, oh yes, there's somebody else who's saying something that resonates with what my own experience is. They're not separate entities They are two sides of the same thing. Mindfulness is the clear observation of things in an inclusive way. And love is the warm inclusivity of everything as it is. So in our lives, there are many different expressions of things that are arising. And everybody comes with a different configuration of what's alive for them in their own lives. And for myself, it's changing. You know, things are constantly changing and shifting, and I'm trying to be present with what is. And yet, surrendering into love. And what I mean by that is surrendering into the ability to know what is happening. Resist, relaxing around any sense of resistance, not wanting it to be there, thinking it should be somehow different. 
You know, so we come in and we have a choir next door and we think it shouldn't be like this. This is a meditation group. It should be quiet. It should be quiet and they should be quiet because they should know that we're in here meditating. And this is an idea that we have in our heads about how it's supposed to be. You know? Or the other day when we heard the AA group and they were just so excited with something or another. And different people had different responses. You know, they should know to be quiet. And I was like, oh, isn't it wonderful that these people have a place to meet to support each other so that they can stay sober, you know? So just because something is happening doesn't mean that there is any particular response to how we receive it. There's no right response. There's no wrong response. But what we need to be awake to is what is arising in our own hearts and minds as a result of what we're experiencing. Is there's a sense of, no, it shouldn't be like this, or yes, I want more, it should last, or this is the way it's meant to be when everything is right. You know, when everything is clear, our energy is clear, our concentration is focused, and we think, this is right, this is the way it's supposed to be. And so there's this kind of grasping that comes in, creeps in, and ends up suffusing the whole space because we have this underlying idea, this is the way it is supposed to be when everything is right. So surrendering into love is the ability to wake up to what is present without any judgment, relax into an embracing awareness of what is, and choose the awareness as the resting point rather than the object of what it is that we know. Most of us spend a lot of our lives absorbing into the objects of our experience. The thoughts, the feelings, the moods, the perceptions, the ideas, the values, the sensations, the senses of who we are. I'm like this, I'm like this, I'm like this, this is me, this is me, this is not me. This is who I am, this is not who I am. And some of us have a fair amount of skill in kind of changing the the deck tears of the Titanic. You know, we can rearrange it. But the Titanic is going in one direction. And it doesn't matter what happens with the deck chairs. And if we miss that, we are sunk. But when we open up to the larger sphere of things as they are, when we switch our reference point from the objects of what it is that we are aware of to the field that they arise into, are known, are seen, and that which is left when everything falls away, we are in something else. Now, one of my journeys in opening up to love has been opening up to passion and an incredible longing for intimacy. An incredible longing for intimacy. And as a celibate, it's very clear the boundaries of these things are drawn in a very particular place. And yet the feelings don't know about those boundaries. And so I have had to open this territory up and explore what happens 
when all of this stuff emerges and there's this incredible longing to be seen, to be known, to be held, to merge, to melt for pleasure. And that too needs to be held in love without asking it be otherwise. And watch what happens when the whole mind-body system is allowed to do what it needs to do in this field, in this territory where everything is welcome. Even the stuff which is really scary. Now, as a monastic in the tradition that I'm in, one of the things which is really frightening for a lot of monastics is the fear of transgressing their precepts. And rather than allow feelings, the feelings are disallowed. And that causes all kinds of problems. So there has got to be enough safety to know that one can allow feelings and still stay with integrity around behavior, around right speech, around right action, around right intention. And watch what happens. Because on one hand, I know that the kind of love which is really the kind of love that satisfies is this resting in awareness rather than the love that can happen through the contact or through the sense of what another person might be able to reciprocate. Because that by its nature is going to have to be tenuous and shifting and changing and dependent on a huge vast number of conditions for it to arise. But when I touch the love that is present when everything falls away, then I don't feel separate. And I don't feel that there's any lack. And I don't feel that there's any separation. And I feel that there is the possibility of being intimate with life in the present moment with everything and everyone. And so there's this irony that happens when there's a willingness to let go of everything. There's a resting in a sense of fullness and wholeness of being complete in a sense of non-separation. And it takes a kind of, I don't know, fearlessness to go right into exactly the most painful thing the most scary thing, to let go of the hardest thing, to constantly trust that in surrendering to love is the path that opens up. The heart, the mind, the body into something which is peaceful and restful and easeful and the completion of sila, samadhi and panya. I wrote a poem and I'd like to share it. And I've never read this poem to a public group before, so it's the first time. 
And this is a poem about this journey that I was talking about. It's called Testimony of a Rose. What is in a rose, a red rose, given by an entity, passed along as a gift, a rose, sweet, fragrant, and beautiful, thorns worn of the pain and wrong grasping. She tells the story of grace, amazing grace, that broke through the shackles that bound a heart and had forgotten some textures of love. She tells the story of kindness, of generosity, exquisite responsiveness and the gratitude in receiving. She tells the story of ceremony, tears and truth-telling. She tells the story of warmth and affection and more contact than in years. She tells the story of what gets solidified in the absence of affection and respect where power is used over rather than as presence with. She speaks of passion, of struggling, and the vulnerability of falling into love that is out of control. She tells the story of longing. She tells of body bleeding, of heart bleeding, and the connection between. The rose speaks of love carried through passion, and love embracing the divine and celebrates their being of one continuum. She tells the story of the rose courts that gave her benediction that all that is not love fall away. The rose tells about the breaking open, receiving, and the passage embodying the divine. She tells of the shift where the two are not separate, where the whole world arises and ceases in one heart. It is here where longing ends. It is here love doesn't end. The rose stands in testimony once realized. Separation is no longer possible. And the white rose comes next. The fragrance and the way she stands tall in regal perfection is testimony of acceptance and surrender. Wedding vows of full-spectrum integration. What amazing grace, transforming passion of love to peace. Embodied realization is the consummate union where love's thorns find their place in love's perfection. As with the entity's last words, all is God.